afternoon. You're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio, and this is Local Media This Week, where we have a look at the print media here in County Clare, and we give you an idea maybe what they're talking about this week. Local Media This Week is uh, sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. Ruth's a brilliant photographer based in Fecal, and you see her work in the various newspapers uh, and online as well. Joined by, we're back to our usual panel today. Uh, so great that uh, everyone's back. We've no subs. Um, John S. Kelly. John, you're very welcome. Thank you, Jim. Delighted to be here. Pat O'Brien. Pat, good to see you. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> and David Fleming. David, great to have you. Thanks, Jim. We have uh, Luke Fleming on uh, the controls and uh, pressing buttons and various things. So well done, Luke. And we start, we start usually with the front pages of the papers. And I suppose the one thing that's um, dominating this week is last Sunday evening's um, carry-on in Ennestymon. Uh, I see in the front of the Clare Champion, it's uh, Tackle the Thugs. And uh, in the Clare Echo, uh, Parik has a, a, a headline there. Outrage at lawless activity in Ennestymon. So, um, David, I mean, mm, just mm, to... Mm. It's, it's not good to see that kind of thing in uh, that kind of Anywhere, behavior. Jim. Anywhere. Um, and we're not used to it, certainly, here in County Clare. No, Clare. no. And this... this uh, with, the, with, the, with the availability of social media, you can actually see it for yourself, what actually happened. It was um, a group of travellers... It is reported by Jessica Quinn, a group of travellers, who attacked another, what is who are presumed another set of traveller caravans and cars, unoccupied as I understand at the time, um, and filmed by themselves. And it's now all over social media. So you know, Google it if you want to see it. And I've had a look at it, and the the the, the word savage is appropriate. I think that Jessica uses and that um, she uses another expression as well. There. Uh, David, I'm wondering what it means. Calls for crackdown. Yeah. What does crackdown mean in this context? I think the full weight of the law is another phrase but, but often what, what, used. What is that? I mean, let's say, well, how, how can it speak to this problem well, of thugs, as she says? The, what, what, the, the immediate response of the politicians in, in, in trying to put a crackdown on it or, ca or calling for the crackdown, as Deputy Crow wrote to the Garda Commissioner, Drew Harris, and the Chief Superintendent of the Clare Garda Division, urging them to draft in Garda personnel from beyond Clare to, quote, to, as he says, to help bring calm and control the situation. What's the fear a, is... What's that an admission of? It's an admission that um, the ordinary force... Well, it may be admission on his part. The guards might say something else, of course. It's admission that the guards, the, the local guards can't handle it, that only uh, a major influx of personnel will be able to calm the situation. I don't know if that's the solution. No, but I'm, I, but, but, but I'm, I'm curious. You, you'd wonder, does Jessica have some insight that we don't have yeah. when they speak of crackdown? I, I suppose that headline is reflecting what Deputy Crow has just done by writing and calling in for the, 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 these people. The fear is, as well, expressed, that this attack will lead to another attack, will lead to another attack, and that ultimately um, somebody will die. 
Yeah. And then? Um, see, seemingly, um, one person was injured, according to Jessica here. One person was injured um, and taken to University Hospital Galway with non-life-threatening injuries after a firearm was discharged. Now, it seems that, that, that it was his own Ac crowd that shot him. Yeah. I presume it's all accidental. Made. Accidental. But alter the fact that he is carrying, or was carrying, somebody was carrying a firearm, suggests... That. that in itself, like, is exactly. It suggests that the next step is is yeah. bloodshed, and we've seen how these feuds uh, yeah. in the past um, have resulted in, unfortunately, in, in serious injury and and ultimately death. And innocent people. This is the this is you, the concern for all of us. Innocent this, people could be. Uh, how can you pull? You, you say that uh, you need to uh, in, enhance the actual numbers of Gandhi in the county, right? Deputy Crow no, is saying that. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah. But I'm saying to him then, you know, whoever chooses to, to accept the validity of that statement, I'm saying, well, wait a minute. Where, what are you going to do? You take Gardy from one area and you bring him down to a, a, another. What's that, what's that saying? When you have gangs in Limerick, when you have, when you have gangs in Limerick taking each other on, they put in, they put in a heavy-handed force of, of every, and there was fellow stopped at every corner in Limerick. Yeah, that's no, right. You don't hear anything Limerick. No, but but, but it's, they it's, stayed it's, for... It's pretty quiet now. They stayed for years. Um, okay, this have, is Ennis Diamond we're but, talking about. But you have to do it on a, a, a limited scale here on Ennis Diamond as well, because yeah. those people, but after a lawless, what, they don't What care. they will do is... They will stay quiet for a couple of weeks or a month when the lads are down, and when the lads go away, they'll resume. Yes. And that's no solution, I no, don't think. No, it's not. Yeah. It reminds me um, of the faction fighting, as I, as I mentioned yeah. off air. It really does remind me of the faction fighting when any little bit of a dispute between two, two groups of the local community... And what was the response? It was the, it was the heavy hand of the law, ultimately. Mm. Uh, and it was also the church... Indeed. And, um, and other f leaders in society cracking down on it. So just relying on the Gardaí alone is not going to solve the problem. We also need uh, our local politicians to take some um, responsibility. No, they, Instead they, of just writing... And tell me, local politicians, of course, have to live within the political culture. Isn't that right? They do. Yeah. So a contentious issue like this is not an attractive, you know... Uh, banner to have as a politician. There's not. I, I wonder because you know, the people of Ennis Diamond, who are voters, yeah, um, will respond well. To I would think to a politician who um, is seen to make progress in this area. Fair point. I mean, the the I would say that the majority of the the people who are affected by this are voters. I'm not sure whether the, the travelling community vote, I don't know, but, you know, it affects the ordinary people of Ennis Diamond and, you know, the perception of their town. Um, I would say putting plenty of, of Gardaí in the area for a period of time. Well, Mary maybe sticks not her head. Sharp period, Jim, but Ma Mary sticks her head out the door of the main street in Ennis Diamond. And... Uh, and she says, she sees you going up the street and she knows that you're a, a politician. What are you going to do about it? In other words, she is looking for the options. Mm. I don't think we have yet. No. Uh, they, they, they don't have time. We don't have Limerick. Why, why did we do the Limerick? 
Well, but the, the, the Limerick had, situation had well, really got out of hand and was affecting yeah. the whole city. And this thing has gone out of hand as well. Well, this is this is within the community. Yeah, you put in small you put, community. You put in a unit. You had the you had the you had the Garda armed uh, unit inside the Minister before Christmas. I, uh, I remember I was inside it in, in, in Ross Levin, and two two units of them came in for their lunch, and they two, uh, uh, four or five uh, fellows got out of and they had all guns, and they gone in for their lunch in, in Ross Levin, and they were. The guardie can't just shoot them, Pat. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're not maybe they're maybe not allowed to shoot. What you said initially there, Pat, about Limerick, you know, where the guardie had a, a heavy presence, yeah, mm. and where the guardie were maybe not at every street corner, but they were all over the place, stopping people, yeah. checking things, yeah, yeah. you know, that would no. How long can the Gardaí keep that up? And how long did this go on, Jim, this fracas? Well, I, I imagine it was over a period of an evening, an evening. On, on Sunday evening last. Yeah, but, but, but obviously there's been a lead-up to as any, These things flare up. Has any politician or leader in that community or have, have, have the traveller representatives themselves actually come down to the leaders of those two groups and talk to them? And said, "What? What the f are you up to?" Mm. And can can they? Has anybody actually proposed that? By the way, the yeah, solution yeah. to the Northern Ireland problems was sending the British Army, and look what that how mm. that turned out. What I mean, the, the, the armed response or the flood the place with with with, with police and Colin, army is in not the nineteen twenties. In the twenties, David, in your county, in your home county, they had a uniquely. Cork Republican uh, uh, approach to the problem of, of blackguardism on the streets at night. Um, I know this because my father was in, mm. in Cork at the mm. time. And uh, the answer was clobber them and then tell them the, the boat is leaving, the English Fallon or whatever boat is leaving from the Keys in Cork tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. Be on it, otherwise you're in yeah. jail. Mm. And that was, mm. but that was it. It became a bit of a laugh, but it was also yeah. very, very uh, uh, useful. It, it but I, I wonder. David mentioned the the we'll say the leaders in the travelling community. Mm. I wonder how much leadership do they actually give? You know, they're very quick to come on where somebody is seen to tar maybe a lot of travellers with the yeah. one brush. Mm. They're very quick to defend travellers. Mm. Uh, but this, now, from, from a public point of view, they seem to disappear or keep their heads mm. below the parapet when something like this happens. Yeah, well, maybe, this, this maybe is the time where they and others need are, to step required. up. And maybe it's not men, and it's often men are involved in these things. Maybe it's the mothers. Remember, there was a big drug problem. We still have drug problems, but in the 1980s and 1990s, it was mothers who came out in Dublin yes. to say no drugs yes. in our area. Yes. And now that had gone to an extreme situation. Yeah. Yeah. This could go very extreme as well. So you need, you need, and that's why I use the word leaders, whether it's mothers or pre. Now I know, well, actually, the traveling community, many of them have a firm faith in the Catholic Church. And so maybe the priests could, I don't know about the young people, maybe not. I could mm. be wrong about that. But Parig has it on page six. Two, two of the people um, arrested uh, under, under a law that's nearly 100 years old, 1939, 
Criminal Justice Act. Great to see it still being enforced. Um, there are two of the people arrested, one from Ennis, um, named uh, Paddy. Where, where is the surname there? But he's a professional boxer, and, and another professional boxer um, uh, called the Dom. They all have nicknames, which I don't find very amusing, really. But these people have, who seem, they seem to have a reasonably good prospect, and they're doing well in this professional well, they are good, business. They're good boxers, I do it. So, you would think that you could reason with them, that you could say, listen, you're throwing away your career here. You're being plastered all over the newspapers. Do you want that sort of thing? And do you want to be associated with I don't know. I'm not a, a negotiator. But I would have thought no, that no, that's only one approach. Yeah. As well as the, I agree, you also have the full arm of the law needs to be. When law is broken, you need the full arm of the law and you need justice. So when they come before the courts, they are prosecuted and they're given fairly tough sentences. Are they? But you need, with the, I think you need with the guard, the, the leaders in the travelling community to face up to what this is yes. and, and help the guard yeah. deal with it. Yeah, you know? and our politicians, because our politicians are representatives of everybody, no matter what community you're from. Yeah. Okay, listen, we leave it at that, uh, the whole area, and hopefully that Ennis yeah. Diamond will uh, calm down, down a little bit. Okay, the, um, we, we spoke last week about the impending um, report of the, uh, on the boundaries of the electoral area, but um, I see, Pat, we're, we're not going to be shoved into Galway like we were afraid of last week. No, um, uh, then, then I have the story on the front of the champion, and Parley has it on page four of the book. Parley has said, Clare Gall constituency to remain unchanged for next general election. And Clare constituency remain unchanged in electrical review is Dan Danahal's uh, heading. So it, it looks like Clare is going to be uh, retained, as to say, as, as, as a county, and uh, they want to have the four, four TDs, um, four seats again to be, to be voted on. And, um, Will there be any change, Pat, do you think? I just have to know, John. Just really have to know. Who will have to know who will be, be going forward first. And... I know the, the the second heading here on the in the in the champion says uh Fianna Fáil, the big winners in boundary status quo two. But um, that's, maybe that's referring to to Carl Crow because they were expecting a a, a square of, of South Clare to be taken into Limerick. Into Limerick. And that didn't as it, as it had been. How, how how tell me, how do you think that ran? Uh, how did they how did Clare hold on, we'll put it like that, hold on to its boundary? Well, I think the, the, the commissions appear to, to think uh, to go by, by boundaries, to keep, keep county boundaries as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. Now because the there was also a reference, sorry David, there was also a reference that actually all this area here on Mount Scarif, Mount Shannon, Whitehead, and John Brady, and Killwood, Winter North Tipperary. That was mentioned as well. As we have gone in in the Garda Division. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. that didn't happen either. So uh, I suppose yeah. look at. We don't. We just wait and see because each election turns up different things. Yeah, but it it can have an it can have an impact um, on certain TDs and Cahill Crow being from that part of yes. the Wart Malik and that area down he, there. He, would, he, he could he he would suffer. Oh, he would suffer by if yeah. if there was a boundary change. Timmy Dooley on page two, the champion, uh, is, says he's very pleased that a submission calling for Killaloo, O'Gunlow, Scarif and Mount Shannon to 
move into Tipperary didn't happen. Hmm. And again, he's thinking of his... Of yeah, his I suppose Timmy race. would expect to get quite a number of votes here in East Clare, in East Clare. whereas he wouldn't expect to get that many in Nina or no. around the, the north but tip area. But it could area. be worse. It could be very worse for this county. Look at what's happening to Wexford Wicklow. A new constituency called Wicklow, Wexford, Wexford, Wicklow, mm. carving off the complete northern half of Wexford. And the southern and half of Wicklow. How, how, many, how many seats in that? I think, I think still only three. Three, maybe. I don't know, John. They, say, they seem to constantly say in, the, in reporting that the... Um, Three, a three-seater constituency has certain advantages for for one bigger parties. Bigger parties, yeah, uh, but not for the smaller not ones. Not for the small ones, yeah. No. are worse homeless as they were in Dublin, or or if we or if we are saying if we're saying we're happy with hotels and we're happy with hoteliers getting twenty-one point seven million, fair enough. But yeah. they are putting up the government are putting up some rapid build uh, houses in in some areas. I see there and. Uh, was on my phone there recently on the paper down in Cork where they, they, they built, I think, something like 70 of those rapid built houses fairly quick. And they have moved in a lot of refugees of uh, Ukrainian people into them. Yeah. Mm. And they're planning them for different towns around the country as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's probably yes, a good thing. It, but, uh, yeah, not, I think you not, would prefer to see people in houses rather than in institutions. But it's not going to solve it's not going, it's to, probably solve not it. going to solve the problem immediately, though. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we need to go on from there. Uh, I suppose getting back to <laughs> illegal encampments, uh, that problem is still uh, ongoing in Six Mile Bridge. Yeah. And it's obviously, there have been a number of meetings over the last few weeks. There's a photograph there on page five yeah, of the Clare Champion uh, of Joe Cooney, the, the mayor of Clare, um, addressing people, I would say, in Six Mile Bridge. And you have Cahal Crow there, who is very adamant yeah, a of illegal encampments is the hidden on page five. Um, Clare TD warns of a wave of illegal encampments if six mile bridge fam family are granted a council house. And uh, the, the Cahillic of Clare County Council is there, Joe Coney, because he's speaking to some people at the, the Senna estate in six mile bridge. Um, I think there was a, a meeting there on Saturday morning last. Uh, every weekend they have a meeting there, trying to give these things to Hollywood. I don't know if there any, any, any further down the road. Uh, Claire will see a flood of illegal encampments established in residential areas across the country if a family who are currently living in a caravan in the least animal housing estate in Six Mile Bridge are granted house by Clare County Council. This is according to Deputy Carl Crawford of who says that any move to grant a council house would be seen as a kick in the teeth to the people on social housing waiting lists in County Clare. His comments come after residents from a number of housing estates in Six Mile Bridge hosted a, form, a protest in the town last weekend. The protests are dozens of local residents and politicians meet at Six Mile Bridge Church before walking to Six Mile Bridge Gather Station. Now the group paused for a moment. Uh, protest group in Manchester, this owner estate, housing estate, where they held a public meeting uh, in front of the caravan. Now, um, what Carl Coe is saying, of course, is true, that if, if, if this woman and her family are granted a house, uh, all the people, all the rest of them, they'll, they'll all say, well, sure. got a house, they'll be, yeah. they'll be more than pulled into a housing estate, and they'll, they'll want all houses. Yeah. And the people that's on, that's uh, the law on the, on the housing list will, uh, will, will have, will be waiting and they'll be pushed back further. So, yeah. yes. I suppose he has, he has a point, really. Um, 
I, I wonder, would, would this woman accept being put into a hotel with Ukrainians? Would that... Yeah, uh, I, I don't know what she... I think she's the in a five-bedroom five house. Uh, and, yes. Um, Where, was there a story that she refused a four-bedroomed house in New Market and Ferry? That was said she was refused a house and or she refused a house in Nacken. Yeah. 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 Okay. Is the other solution to the problem... Um, uh, like, she would probably say, oh, you kick me out of here, but I, you, where will I go? What's well, the law there is, in that there is, there is, there is, on the Queen Royal Linus, there is a, 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 a halting site. Now, why, why can she not go in there until something is sorted out for her? Yeah. Presumably, there's... Uh, like, there's well, there's water and around that, but it's supposed to... They, they usually, all these things are done up from there and, and fine for them, but when, they, when, when those people go in there, next thing they're all vandalised and they're not working. Yeah. And the council mm -hmm. has to spend more money to try and get them going again. Yeah. But there is a, a halting site in the Queen Road and it cost a million and a half there a few years back. And yeah. uh, I, I, is yeah. there anybody in there? I don't know. But the, the whole legal position needs to be straightened out. I mean, the people of Six Mile Bridge and surrounding areas deserve to get back into their car park. Uh, at their railway station and not be locked out of it for years as has happened. So, and if, if some... But, that, but the council has closed the car park to refurbish it, I think, isn't it? Perhaps they Probably have, yeah. 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 But, but according to this article by Andrew Hamilton mm -hmm. uh, that Pat has been referring to, at the very end of it, Councillor Crow also said that the current law, the 2002 Housing and Miscellaneous Provisions Act, was strong enough to deal with the legal encampment and to urge local Gardaí to take more action. He, and he's quoted here as saying, I am hearing some mutterings that the law is weak on this, but this law is robust. It is very clear. The guards have powers here, and I would be urging them to exercise these powers, he said. So that's a very clear statement from him, yeah. from, from Councillor, from Deputy Crow. So yeah. I'd be curious, of course, the, the, there is local policing boards, um, or whatever they call themselves. So I'd be curious to hear what the guards' response formally is on yeah. that yeah. question. Um, okay. We want maybe there's one other item on page four of the Clare Champion there on on the other opposite the the picture of Joe Cooney, and it's Clare could help rebuild Ukraine. Now we've been talking about building and building you know, accommodation for um, our own people well, and... Apparently, Jim, uh, what's going to happen in Ukraine, according to Timmy Dooley, yes. uh, what's, he's been over there. Recently again. Recently again. And what is uh, at issue is stage one, step one in the rebuilding programme is, first of all, it'll take, it'll take part in the part of... Ukraine that is not um, a war zone. A war zone, and number two, it's infrastructure they're concentrating on, and they feel that the Irish have a lot of experience of bridge building, which we have indeed, you know, and uh, hot on civil engineering, and that there are marvelous opportunities for. Uh, There'll be a lot of work to be done. Uh, work to be done, yeah, mm. and it makes for an interesting uh, article. By what's it, Dan? Dan Danner, Dan Danner Clare could help rebuild uh, Ukraine. And and Timmy Dooley and his colleague uh, Billy Kelleher, uh, the MEP for this 
constituency, yes. the Munster constituency. We're both over there as part of the European, um, the the uh, the ALDE party. I'm not sure he's uh, Senator Duty is co-president of that party. I'm not sure what it stands for, but um, it also gives an insight into the current situation. Um, yeah. And it says here, I think he was speaking, yes, uh, Timmy was say, said this, there is great resolve to continue fighting the Russians. I didn't see any weariness. Life is getting back to normal in the big cities. There are air raid sirens, and the continuous attempt to bomb the cities keeps the resilience going. Yes. Which suggests, you know, it's so counterproductive attacking yeah. civilian targets because it does, of course, keep them going. But you'd be kind of inclined to say... Wouldn't it be a typical Russian tactic, mm. conscious that they that the Ukrainians have selected a part away from the war zone? It would be typically Putinism to actually target, target that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, the Russians would have a track history in war situations yeah. of targeting civilians. Yeah. But let's not forget. Um, both Britain and Germany did the exact same thing during the Second World War, and the Americans certainly did it in Vietnam and yeah. other areas. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I think all conflict is full Absolutely. of those. Absolutely. Modern warfare, unfortunately, always involves civilians. Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. It's terrible. And, we'll, and we'll continue to. Okay, and I see the article also says Ryanair CEO Michael O'Leary was also in Ukraine recently having discussions about bringing in flights when the war ends and when it's safe to fly there. So uh, just, I suppose, before we, um, in the minute or so we have left, Pat, Davy isn't a bit happy. Our Davy. Yeah, Wednesday on location wins, winds up for former Clare manager. Then then I was the story, uh, former Clare manager and goalkeeper Dave Fitzgerald mm. isn't happy with the proposed construction of a wind farm with up to 11 turbines, up to 180 metres tip head Height, a short distance from his home, which is located a few miles from Six Mile Bridge. Ostend is exploring the potential to develop a wind farm project in the outfield and got the colon areas of Southeast Clare. The most turbines will be 180 metres tip height, according to the company, and this has been decided following careful consideration of any potential landscape impact with careful design and extensive modelling to ensure visual impacts are kept to a minimum. So um, I suppose we don't we, we love wind farms we love the clean energy yeah. but we don't want it near our, our own and we're probably all the same. <laughs> yeah, well, well he said anyway when asked about his views about the proposed wind farm, Mr. Fitzgerald said in a brief comment that he is one hundred percent not happy. Yes, well that's not that's unhappy. <laughs> that that would qualify as unhappy without a doubt. Um, yeah, so it's, I don't know what the, the whole wind, I think we, we need to move forward putting these windmills out to sea out where to sea, yeah. we can put hundreds of them and they can yeah. provide energy for the entire country and perhaps export it. We're yes. not hearing very much uh, about the No, we are not. We're not. No. Slow, slow, slow process. There, so. was a, uh, there was a period in when it dominated the art. Weekly. Oh, it did. Every yeah. week we yeah. had. Yeah. Anyway, okay. That's, um, that's it was summertime and the wind wasn't blowing. We'll see that again <laughs> now in the autumn. So listen, it's coming up to half time, Pat. And uh, what uh, musical delights have you in store for us this week? 
with uh, Giorgio Moroder and Philip Oakley's uh, Together in Electric Dreams from 1986 or something along the time. I have it on an old LP at yeah. home <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> okay, Together in Electric Dreams. Dreams. Giorgio Moroder and Philip Oakey there with uh, the 80s song Together in Electric Dreams. Hope you enjoyed it. You're listening to local media this week on Scarlet Bay Community Radio, sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography, and you're very welcome back. I, one thing, Pat, when uh, on, on the Clare Champion, I think it's, um, it's page, whatever it is of the yeah. Clare Champion, page 11, uh, Seamus O'Reilly, a man we had a few weeks ago here on Scarf Bay Community Radio, but his book is being launched next Thursday night in the Queen's. Yeah, reading in the years of Clare's championship history, a comprehensive, a comprehensive history and blow by blow account of Clare's teams have failed in hurling and football in the championship from 1887 to the present day has been a labour of love for Seamus O'Reilly. John Murray Hartig spoke to the Bell Academy men ahead of the publication of Clare's GA in the championship 1887 to 2023. Um, his picture there outside Cusick Park. Yeah, his picture's outside, yeah, outside Michael Cusick's um, statue in, in Cusick Park. And Seamus uh, uh, has brought out uh, books before. Uh, he brought out a very good book on um, uh, every county final since the start of the GA and Clare, right up to the, the recent years. And uh, it was a very comprehensive book about it in, in, in hard cover and, um, and soft cover. Yes. And uh, I have a copy of it, and there's an, an, an marvelous, a marvelous um, uh, book. How much is this going to cost? I think it's 50 euro. 50. Yeah. yeah it's, it's one for the, uh, the record keeping. Oh, it is, it yeah. Is and it's one you will leaf through, yeah. you know, at different times. But, um, so essentially, it's the, from the beginning. From 1887, I think, is it? 1887 to 2023. Yeah. To 2023. Every single championship, championship game, game, hurling and football. Both within the county? No, within Clare. Within, that's what I mean. With Clare Clear teams played it. Oh, it's county? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Clare county teams played County it. teams. Yeah. So David yeah. can read about all the times Cork beat us. Yeah, well, that have been it as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> The rough and tumble, the good and the bad and the ugly, as well as the many memories of, of liberty, grace and kingsmanship of Gales are all contained in the pages of a new publication launched in the, which is being launched in the Queen's Hotel next Thursday night. Four times after our Ireland winner, Hurler of the Year and Clare's greatest player, whether alive or dead, in Tony Kelly will, will do the honours. In many ways, it couldn't, it couldn't be launched in a better place. It's literally in the shadow of Cusick Park of the Clare County teams in hurling and football played more than anywhere else. While back in the days when the Queen's was a venue for choice for many of the county conventions and board meetings, now the fortunes and misfortunes of many Clare teams were discussed at great length in minute detail and with a passion befitting of a county that produced the founding father of the GEA. So, uh, look at uh, 
I, I, we, 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 we hope to attend ourselves. And, um, yeah, it would um, be it's something really for any uh, person. If, if it's good as any of the, the previous books, anyway, it will be, be a very good publication. It will. Okay. And very uh, something not quite as, as good, I suppose, is um, a survey recently showed that uh, Lehinch, Doolan, and Mount Shannon, it's on page three of the Clare Champion, uh, found that the presence of litter was not zero, that there was plenty of litter and they would say too much litter. Uh, Mount Shannon uh, missed getting the top litter grade with too many small food slash alcohol related items strewn about and recent grass cutting suggested in chopped up litter as grass was cut before the litter was removed. Oh, good Lord. So it is... Um, What's happening, Jim? Littered villages? I mean, that's not Clare. The Clare we knew, is it? Mount Shannon mentioned as a... Yeah, as a ...moderately literate. Yeah, there, there was... I suppose, I remember uh, one time, this is maybe 40 years ago, I was principal in Mount Shannon, and a pupil from the village was... This was outside school, and somebody dropped something, maybe a cigarette box or something, out the window of the parked car. And she went up and she picked it up and she says, sorry, you dropped this. <laughs> a pupil from sixth class, I remember yeah, hearing about. Mm. So like that, back then would be around the time that Mount Shannon won the National yeah, Tidy Towns yeah. Award. But I mean, you need, a, a, you need that kind of a, 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 an ethos in a place. To, to eradicate it completely. Yeah, you? So, mm -hmm. you, 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 heavy levels of alcohol, mineral cans, fast food wrappers, plastic bottles, plastic utensils, sweet wrappers, dog fouling, and cigarette butts, with lower levels of other items were present. There's a variety of marine related, along with food items, litter trapped in the rock armor near the promenade, example, fishing crates, lines, net, ropes, etc., all, all caught in the, in, in, the, in the rock armor and the hinge. Hmm. Yeah. But leadership question involved? The need for leadership? I suppose you need leadership at local level. Hmm. I mean, you can't stop someone in driving through Mount Shannon or driving through Scariff just to fire something out the window. It's hard to stop that. But if you have local leadership and if you have a huge uh, community-led litter-picking then the place is devoid of litter. And it's, it's harder for people, I think, to throw litter on a clean, on a clean street. Yeah. Do you know? Um, I, I mean, that's the only way I can think that you can, you can do it. But, uh, no, I know people are different about that, and there could be a little bit inside it. But you, 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 have, you have a problem as well where councils are very, you know, they'll put up litter bins and then they won't sell them. Mm. And the, stream, the, the litter is far enough in the street or in the bin. Mm. Now, I know it, people, no matter if the bin is in front of them, they, they throw down the ground. Mm. But um, that happens as well, where the councils uh, don't service the bins properly and they, they're often, yeah. you're often going to yeah. bin, they yeah. it's full of. Well, yeah. Jessica Quinn, beside that story that Pat was referring to, yeah. is talking exactly about that problem in Doolan. A litter warden who was appointed to collect litter at Doolan Pier, but instructed not to go near the village 
seems to have recently been switched to traffic and coach parking duties at the pier, according to the community council in Doolan. I don't know what the situation is in Mount Shannon. There's a lovely picture of Mount Shannon, which looks as if there's absolutely no litter on page 18 of the Echo under the Green Clare, uh, which is the same story by Porig McMahon. He, the other emerging problem, according to that article, is disposable vapes. Yes. That's yeah. a, that seems to be it. It's another big problem. Of, this is the new, the new sort of mm. tobacco yeah. surrogate. Yeah. Um, and, of course, uh, it's not just a clear problem. It's national, because I think I saw on RT News uh, the same problems up in Dublin. And the cigarette butts are still and highly, highly yeah. dangerous mm. to the... To, to whatever chemicals are in them. Into the, into the rivers and the streams. Yeah. And, yeah. You mean you're talking about butts on... Cigarette cast. butts, yeah. And a community council saddened, but not surprised with finding that uh, Jessica Quinn has there the yeah. in, yeah. in, in the Doolan Community Council. Yes. And then there's another story down there on the bottom that says, Jim, the rivers of Clare cannot be used as tidals as protest rally organisers. A protest rally highlighting the dire situation facing North Clare waterways will be held in an assignment next week with campaigners saying the rivers of Clare cannot be used as toilets. The Save Our Rivers campaign was recently formed by a group of North Clare citizens who said they are tired of the pollution, the fish kills and other forms of environmental destruction. And that, the rally is in an assignment on Saturday. But they're eating there, they, um, what comes out? What was it again? Okay. Reports were done on the problem of river pollution and, and what have you, North Clare. And in the article, Jessica is asking, why have these reports not been revealed? Mm. Okay, in other words, the dead fish, remember that one we had here some yeah, weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. There was a big hype um, about that, John, but it appeals to there's an overflow from, from sewage that caused it. Yeah, but she... From the council. From a council, uh, council uh, facility. Uh, facility. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm. Are you saying the reports are not being revealed? They're not being revealed. So are you su are suggesting there's something being hidden? Because it's un unless somebody asks in a very public way, particularly a politician asks, mm. uh, they'll get some kind of an answer. Mm. And so. And of course, we expect our journalists to also be asking those questions as well. Investigating journalists. Yeah. We had seven with some great beaches closed there a couple of weeks ago, yeah, yeah, including yeah, the Hinge. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And a good news story, I'm just looking at page 8 of the Clare Champion. Yeah. Gum Litter Task Force Roadshow visibly reduces litter in Killaloo. So that's, you know, I suppose it, it, it answers the question maybe there you were asking about what do we need to do? And we need to be very proactive about litter. Yes. You know, it's, it's not good enough just to complain about it and say this shouldn't happen because yeah. it will happen unless we do something about it. And it's probably an ongoing thing that and we need to stick Jim, at. As a matter of interest, close to that there, there is a lovely photograph of the Cliffs of Moher. And... Um, uh, and, and there's a heading on, on the photograph, time to share the tourism wealth. Mm. I mean, she has in mind, uh, this is... Um, who's, who's, who's making... Roisin Garvey. Roisin Garvey. Senator Garvey. Senator, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, she maintains that you have a, uh, a spot in East Clare, in Ishkatra, which will, you know, become quite magnified in time. And you have, 
and the other end of the county, you have the pips of Mohor. Of Mohor. Mm. I don't think she has made a, a good analysis when she says, "Well, look, why don't we get some share of the?" Mm. Okay. I think what she means, John, and far be it for me to interpret what she's saying, but I think that uh, it's not just the way you know the way buses go to the cliffs of Mohor yeah. and disappear again. Yeah. Um, that could happen in Inshaltra. Of course it would. Um, but, I mean, we need to, to keep tourism. We need slow tourism. We need to keep tourists in County Clare so that they can go around to places like the 12 o'clock hills, like Killaloo, yeah. um, like Loophead. I think she mentions Loophead as one of the I think I think she makes... A, I think her overall point is good and fine that we should have other types of tourism. But she's... She's going at it the wrong way because you also have to have the Cliffs of Moher and Inish Caltra and Loop Head. Um, but you have to have the others as well. But just attacking the council and saying the council is only concentrating on three particular areas yeah. is, is a bit silly. And the second half of all that story is the council's response, mm. which is fairly formidable when you see all the things that they've actually done. One, one of them, a very simple one, the Visit Clare website, which is a quite, a good, yeah. quite a good thing. So I think she's, she, 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 um, she should reconsider her argument. Okay, we need to go on because we're running out of time. On page 13 there on the East Clare page, a lovely picture of a smiling Brian Torpy down at the bottom of the page and the launch of a new fundraiser to help refurbish the site of the former Tulla National School and work, there's a picture there and, and it shows what work plaster has been knocked off and I think it's gone back to the stonework there and the roof looks in, in has been... Um, I think they have no roof production. A new roof put up. Yeah, yeah. Looks well from outside. It reminds I, me... I would hope, Jim, that they're going to replaster the interior. Well, we'll see. Because it would, that would never have been exposed. And oh, you no. can even see the way they've constructed the windows, which is your typical build a little art. I know mm. we're taking up time, but some people think, oh, it's great. But it actually makes the building very cold. Yeah. It reminds me of a bit of the, the, the old uh, similar work done in Ogunalo of the old national school there, which yes. is now the community hall. And it is all the same model and design, isn't it? It is, really. National yes. schools. So anyway, Brian, they're they're looking for um, the the completion cost is two hundred and twenty thousand. Um, they got a good grant. They've secured they? a substantial grant of one hundred ninety-five thousand. So the the, un, the shortfall of thirty thousand, which they have to raise, which they have to raise. So we would we would commend the people of Tull and surrounding areas to help. They've out been very that. active in the last two years, haven't they? In Tulla, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very. No, which worked on. Which have done with yeah. the GA Park refurbished. Yeah. I mean, there's great credit due to Indeed. people there. Okay, um, I see on the living section of the Clare Champion, uh, there's an art exhibition, um, which is uh, in the library in Scariff, and mm. which um, it has a lovely picture there of Podrick Miles looking at who works there in that building. Uh, looking at one of the paintings in the exhibition is called Vial, V-I-A-L. And it's a kind of a combination of, uh, of two previous exhibitions. Uh, Irrepressible Women of Clare, that's the first exhibition, and then An Alchemy of the Civil War. They were shown first in 2021 and 2022, respectively. But um, 
the, the uh, artist Marie Canole, um, and definitely they have very good exhibitions in the library in Scarif, and it's probably well worth having a look at. Um, that's on page three of Living. Um, there's a, there's a, um, uh, Mac, our, our, our own Tomás McNamara is giving a talk on, on this, on the, what date the 14th of September at 6 p.m. Okay? Yes. Where, um, John? In the, as part of the actual exhibition you're talking about. Oh, at the library. Yes. Yeah, and always a man well worth listening to. Indeed. Three new bus routes, Pat, in East Clare. Uh, that's good news for people. Uh, yes, Jim, the, 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 the new buses in, in, in East Clare, I don't know what page is on, Jim. It's page 19 of, the, um, the, the echo. of the echo. Oh, yeah, yes. so central expansion sees three new bus routes from East Clare. Um, Three new, three new bus services will be launched from under increasing public transport connectivity from East Clare and West Park McMahon. TFI Local Link Limited Clare have announced plans to put the wheels in motion for three new bus services from under August 28th. The three new regular rural, uh, rural services will operate seven days a week, which has seen as a major boost to public transport for people in East Clare. So uh, that's a, a good news story there for, for East Clare. Yeah. Okay, David, I see you're earnestly reading an article there on the East Clare page, page 13, of a Clare woman's guide to dating. Yes, this I think could be of interest to lots of different people. Um, it's Marie O'Connell, uh, who wrote, we've covered her before on we this have. station. Um, she wrote a book uh, in the past called Community at Heart, Who Will Bury Our Dead, about the declining um, vocations, a number of priests and so on. But this is a very different tack. She's written a new book on, um, on dating at a particular stage in one's, in one's life. What uh, advice does she give? Uh, well, one piece of advice is look past, look past initial, uh, your initial dislikes. So she says here, um, there was a man with a nice profile. Now she, was, she, was doing, she was searching for possible dates online, and so that's the profile. There was a man with a nice profile who lived just across the river from me. Uh, this is down in Killaloo. But he had a but, problem, hadn't but he? I ha yeah, he had a problem, but I had passed him by in the past as he had a moustache, yeah. she said. Moustaches are not my thing. But I decided to take my own advice and look past the moustache. We could always negotiate this at a later date, <laughs> all going well. She could shave him when he's asleep. Exactly. <laughs> the long and the short of it is, anyway, they've got together, they got together, they fell in love, and uh, she had tried a number of dates before, uh, but it's a, it's, a, it's a real romantic story, and she's written this book about her experience to kind of encourage people. And advice as and well. And advice, and because you can, she points out that online dating you have to watch out and be careful because there are scammers around. Scammers, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, so it's a good... It's, and they're, it's, not, they're not just men scammers? Oh, no, it can be anybody, yeah. Yes, it can be anybody, and, and it can start fairly small, pick up a package for me, 20 euro, and, and it can start, it can get worse. 
And I'd say, maybe a moustache would have been like most of the defunct and listed on there, and it's a next on today. See, Pat, Pat, is, Pat is gearing up for Liston Byrne already. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, Liston Byrne, it's a month long. So if you found that your moustache was causing a, you could shave it off for week two. Didn't you have a moustache one time? Oh, and very briefly, John. Very briefly. He got the hint. I got no support, whatever. Yeah, I grew a beard one summer, and... Uh, yeah. with the intention of shaving it off. And I did, but I left the moustache for a while. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember it well. So, okay, listen, I think our time is nearly up. Um, thank you to everybody, to, to John S. And Welcome, Jim. To Pat. Thanks, Jim. And to David. Thanks, Jim. And I suppose we'll finish off on that. Pat, we need a bit of music to finish. Um, yeah, well, I suppose as we're talking about online dating and... Uh, uh, the matchmaking festival in Liston Werner is starting today uh, on Sunday. So we'll have a um, Christian war with Liston Werner. Absolutely wonderful. And uh, listen, good luck when you get up there, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Christian Moore, Liston Werner. That's all from us for today. Please, God, we'll talk again next Sunday around two o'clock. Uh, so for now, from us, goodbye and God bless. Listoon, 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 listoon